Hello, and welcome back to the Save the Cat podcast. I'm Naomi, and today I am joined again with, with my special guest, um, screenwriter and novelist and uh, friend of the Save the Cat blog, Don Roth. Hey, Don. Hello. Thanks, thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks for joining me again. I, I so appreciate you being here to help us um, talk about the Save the Cat beat sheet. And specifically today, we're talking about the remaining three of the six pillar beats that we didn't cover last time. Right. And today we're going to talk about the catalyst, the break into two, and the break into three. And um, these are three turning points in the story that I think can can give writers some some problems so i would love to hear let's talk about the catalyst first and talk about what are your what are your professional insights about how the catalyst works okay well the catalyst is is the one beat of the six where it's something that happens to the character the character uh, generally does not um does not generate the catalyst moment. Um, yeah. That's, that's the one that the, the character reacts to that's kind of sets the whole story in motion. Um, and, you know, this is mentioning another beat that's not in the six pillars, but it also re- kind of reflects in the all of lost beat, which, mm-hmm. this, which is the second of the 15 beats, which is also the only beat where the character doesn't um, doesn't generate that that that's something that happens. Yeah, um, that's an interesting I, uh, parallel between. The yeah, two. yeah. Um, the case in I just recently wrote the uh, the exorc- the the uh, beat sheet for the Exorcist, mm-hmm. and the catalyst in that is um, actress Chris McNeil is um, in the middle of the night. She's kind of preparing for her part um, for the next day. Um, she's going through her script and she hears this, you know clamoring up in the attic and she kind of gets up and goes to investigate um you know checks on her daughter checks around the house everybody's sleeping and she hears this you know this clattering which she kind of falsely attributes to rats um we we of course know later that it's not rats it's actually the demon called pazuzu and in the and the second part that you know in the all is lost beat is um which totally reflects on that is we see the result of that catalyst her her daughter's completely possessed and the all is lost moment which is the whiff of death moment is you know the stakes have raised from that catalyst moment um her daughter tries to kill her um mm. so that's a moment where uh chris almost dies um where her, her daughter you know um, as the demon, you know, slaps her down and, and tries to crush her with this, you know, this giant oak dresser. So, um, yeah, that's really yeah, interesting because so. that's sort of like you could look at the relationship between those two beats as being, right. you know, the catalyst um, kind of introduces that that main conflict that the story exactly. is about. And yeah. then by the time we get to the all is lost, like the end of act two, that, exactly. that conflict has gotten so strong and so uh, it's, it's reached, you know, it, it's sort of, um, what do we like to say? The sort of the lowest point for the main character in dealing oh, exactly. with that conflict. Yeah. Right. The one person she loves is trying to kill her. And if you look at how innocuous the catalyst is, it just sounds, you know, rats and rats, you know, rats in the cellar. Yeah. I guess that for homeowners, that could be a problem. They could tear stuff up, but nothing life or death. Right. Um, it's kind of innocuous. And then, you know, and then the all is lost beat. Of course, there's actual threat of death there. And yeah. 
That's great. Yeah, right. I always I always like to think of the catalyst as being sort of, um, like I said before, the introduction of the main conflict, but that's a little bit, uh, you know, that might be kind of a squishy idea for people to hold on to. I also right. think of it as, um, you know, creating some sort of problem or opportunity. More often than not, it's a problem, but sometimes it's an opportunity for the main character that they're going to have to deal with. Totally. Um, so that's that's kind of how I think of the catalyst. And actually, that um, that sort of speaks to the break into two. I think of those two beats as being related because the catalyst creates the problem or opportunity, and then the break into two is really where the main character begins to. Uh, sort of embark on the plan or the journey or whatever method they're using to address that that problem or opportunity. So that's, that's, right. kind of, that's kind of the relationship in my mind between those two. Um, do you have any other uh, sort of strategies for approaching those beats, the break into two and the break into three? Well, of course, the break into two um, is that, you know, um, the catalyst is kind of, um, you know, kind of in Campbellian terms, um, the call to adventure, you know, and usually in the debate section, the, the character kind of refuses the call. And going back to the exorcist, oh, we've got rats in the cell, you know, we've got rats in the attic, you know, put some traps up. So it's that that total denial. Um, if, if Chris, um, she had you know, she'd gone through her whole journey already. She'd be like, oh, it's demons, you know, go get an exorcist, boom. They, they, <laughs> they yeah. exercise the demon, movie's over. But no, she doesn't, you know, she, that's so far from her mind um, that she has to go through that whole journey. So of course she goes through this, this, this doubt period, as most people would. You don't, you hear a clamoring in your attic. Some people might think ghosts or demons, but most people are going to think it's, you know, something a little more um, terrestrial. Sure. Uh, <laughs> So the break in two, of course, um, going back to the exorcist, I just, that's just in my mind because I just wrote about it yeah. is of course, when, um, Reagan tells her that her bed is shaking and mm. then she, and then she finds out that it's not the bed shaking. The bed is shaking, you know, on its own. Um, that's when she has to commit to this problem. It's like, Oh no, it's not rats in the cellar. That's this, this is something else, you know, her bed's shaking, her, her behavior's changing. Now she has to commit to this problem that uh, it's, it's, a, it's a larger problem than initially thought. Yeah, so, yeah. And the break into yeah. two really launches us into sort of the meat of the movie. It's what, you know, if you think about kind of big picture, what is this movie about? You know, that The Exorcist is about dealing with the, the possession, right? And, and right, having to right. figure out how to handle that. And so that is symbolized in the break into two when they yeah. they sort of begin to deal with that problem that that's going to make up that that meat of the movie which is act two exactly and and just two other examples quick examples if i may yeah. if you look at say die hard die hard the catalyst of course is the terrorists um breaking into the breaking into the um into the building mm -hmm. um and then of course the john McClane character in the debates like uh, he's aware of that problem what do i do you know um then, you know, the break into two is him deciding to commit to the, to, to stopping the problem. In mm -hmm. um, Silence of the Lambs, same thing. It's like, hey, go talk to Hannibal Lecter. That's the catalyst. She meets Hannibal Lecter. And then the break in two kind of works in concert with that. She commits to finding Buffalo Bill and stopping him because there's been a new, there's been a new murder. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so they kind of, so it's like, 
the catalyst is something, you know, that moment that happens to the character, the debate is like, ah, should I do this? Should I not do this? The break in two is where, and it should be really where they're kind of, kind of forced into it. You know, they really have no choice but to do, to move forward. Um, you know, so um, in the case of Silence of the Lambs, there's a life on the line. You know, right. this, this serial killer is going to kill more people. So she has to do it or more people will die. In the case of the exorcist, she has to help her daughter because she, she's, her daughter is sick and not, you know, not going to get any better. In the case of Die Hard, um, if he doesn't help, you know, these terrorists could potentially kill people. So there's, there's lives on the line at that point. And that's what makes those really, you know, a really strong commitment into, into that break in two. You yeah. Know? That's so. where the, that's where the stakes come into play. If you establish exactly. those stakes in act one, that helps lock right. your, your main character into that journey of act two. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. that's good. So then, so then how do you think about the break into three? Now the break into three is, you know, the character has, they've, they've been be- beaten up all through act two. You know, they've had their little, they've kind of had their little victory here and there, you know, usually sometimes in the midpoint, oftentimes they have that little, that little false victory. Um, yeah, but, but then they have to go through the bad guys close in, the all is lost, the dark night of the soul, you know, kind of where their ego is sort of broken down. And then the, the break in three is kind of where the hero, you know, kind of recommits to the problem, um, kind of with a new understanding and mm-hmm. the stakes are higher. Um, and it use and it always in a, in a story that really works, it really reflects on the break in two, like um, going back to Die Hard, for example. Um, uh, you know, he that's when John McClane learns that the terrorists are planning to move up everybody up on the roof with, you know, under the guise of having helicopters come in and pick them up. But what they're actually going to do is blow everybody up. Um, so that the stakes are raised there. Um, you know, in the break in two, it was just about stopping the terrorists. Now he has to stop everybody from being killed. Mm-hmm. Um, so the stakes are definitely raised there. In Silence of the Lambs, you know, the break in two is Clarice decides to, to, to try to, you know, stop Buffalo Bill. Um, she goes through her whole journey, loses her relationship with, you know, Hannibal Lecter and everything who was helping her along the way. And then, you know, that break in three is when she finds out that who, who Buffalo Bill's real name is, you know, he's mm-hmm. making a woman's suit. He knew this victim, you know, he finds the name and then he's boom, she's at that, you know, she's goes to the house. Um, <clears throat> so that's that. And of course, now she's one-on-one with a serial killer. So the stakes have definitely raised that to that point. So. Yeah. And I think what you just said about um, having sort of a new understanding at the break into three, that is, right. that's a big part right. of how, how I often think of the break into three too, which I think when we're, when we're watching movies, one of the ways that you can sort of recognize the break into three is usually you see the main character have either a new plan to, to achieve their original goal mm-hmm or a new goal. Yeah. And, and either way, you know, whether it's a new plan or a new goal, either way, it's, it's because of what they have experienced over the course of Act 2 and what they've learned over the course of Act 2. So that's changed right. something in them and caused them to either have to have a new plan or have a new 
uh, a new goal, you know, based on, right. on what they now know. So, so yeah, I think right. it's, it's, um, you know, there is a nice echo between the break into two and the break into three and the break there into is. three is yeah. like, you know, now that I've done everything that I've had to do in act two and gone through all of that and know everything I know, what's, what's <clears> my, you know, what's the final leg of this journey going to be? And that's, that's a uh, launch right. the break into three. Yeah. So. And in the case of I an exorcist, just to, yeah. and, you know, breaking two, uh, Chris, you know, she goes to science to try to um, help have her, you know, Reagan, her daughter, they, they do brain scans and all this stuff and they, they can't find anything wrong with her. You know, um, they, they think it's brain lesions and it's all this. She does all this science. They'd be a co- course because she doesn't have, you know, faith. She doesn't believe in this supernatural world. But now if you can compare it to the break in three, now that's when the exorcist arrives on her doorstep, you know? So mm, she's, yeah. she's, 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 she's had to go through this whole personal journey and personal belief where she's at her last, you know, she's, she's at her last straw. Her daughter's going to die. I mean, she's atrophied down. Um, you know, she goes, she meets, you know, with, um, you know, father Karis, who eventually, you know, gets the gets the machine going to bring in the exorcist, you know, the um, the Max von Sydow character, and boom, the exorcist is on her doorstep at the break in three. So she's committed to that. Um, yeah. So for her, she it's could really have never done that an act at, at the break in two. Yeah. She never. Exactly. So for her, it's a new yeah. it's a new strategy. It was like right, her. Right. She still has the same goal to deal with the possession, but now it's exactly. Like, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah after what she's gone through in act two, now she's willing right. to use the strategy of relying on her faith or whatever. Exactly. Exactly. Still yeah. good. Same goal. Make, make Reagan better. Um, yeah. Stop this problem. But now it's, it's a new way of doing it. She, she puts a, a, aside um, science and then tries to do tries for faith, you know? Yeah. So that, that's kind of what she kind of has to learn along the way. So yeah. Really interesting. Well, um, thank you for sharing those insights about those, yeah. um, those, those three of the six pillar beats. I'm so glad that you were able to join me again. And I, I, I love discussing those beats with you. So, oh, yeah, <laughs> so thanks for coming. Um, and to everyone listening, if you have um, thoughts that you would like to share about these, uh, these three or any of the six pillar beats, please put them in the comments and uh, we can continue to talk about these. Um, that's it for this episode. We'll, deep dive into another aspect of the Save the Cat beat sheet in our next episode. And until then, happy writing. Thanks.